Super Talk Mississippi media production. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good Monday afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Monday edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson were separate, but on the same show at the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg this afternoon. And we're glad you're with us, whether you're listening online or one of our affiliates around the state. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour, opening segment sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Proud supporters of our show, of course, and Southern Miss Athletics. They're open seven days a week. You can still enjoy their delicious food through takeout or drive-thru. Luke Johnson got the family pack Saturday, took some to my mother out where she lives at the Claiborne. My wife and I enjoyed the rest, and uh, as always, Dickie's just hits the spot. It was a great weekend to eat that stuff, and I, it was a great weekend yesterday. Lauren and I just got in the uh, the car uh, and just put the uh, the windows down and just drove for a few hours. It was an excellent weekend to eat barbecue. It was an excellent weekend just to be outside in amazing weather this weekend. Perfect weather. Our first guest, Jack Duggan, Sports Information Director at Southern Miss, and we were talking before we went on the air. Jack Duggan, if we'd been playing baseball, my God, we'd have just had nothing but ideas thelic weather the entire season so far well there's no doubt i mean it just just it wouldn't be too hot i mean it would have been a it would have been a fantastic spring at the peak there's no doubt right who would we be playing this week jack if all things were like we would want them to be well if if if, if the schedule if the schedule were to go off the way that it should uh we would be at the university of new orleans uh tomorrow night that's uh would be at Maestri Field. That would have been a 7 o'clock game. And then we would have had to Norfolk, Virginia this weekend, which I've only been there, I think, once. No, a couple of times. It's a beautiful, beautiful city, Norfolk, Virginia, right there on the water. And uh, we'd have played three uh, against Old Dominion this weekend. So uh, we'd hit that, hit that May stretch of the schedule, which included Louisiana Tech at home next week. Then we would have gone to – South Alabama would finish up the regular season uh, in Birmingham at UAB, and then we, and then we would have had another fantastic week down on the Gulf Coast with is what what has got to be my favorite shows of the year from the Conference USA baseball tournament. Well, no doubt, and you know the the one great thing about that last couple of years uh, we stayed at Margaritaville the the, the team did, and uh, I was able to take my children. Uh, they were able to come down and visit me, so we. We, when we had the day off, we went and did the pool and did the arcade and, you know, just a lot of fun. Just, uh, you know, not only to, to see Gold Eagle baseball, but also get a chance to spend a little time with my family uh, right there at the beginning at mm. the end of the school year. Almost wish we hadn't started this conversation, Jack. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's just, it's so sad. All right, well, yeah. let's move on to things we can talk about. Uh, the NFL draft up and uh, – there was a young man, Quez Watkins, from Southern Miss, heard his name called in the sixth round by the Philadelphia Eagles. 
uh, upper level team. What a, what a great moment that had to be for that kid. Review, if you will, for our uh, our listeners, Jack, the career of, of Quez Watkins at Southern Miss before we talk about his prospects in the NFL. Well, just a just a tremendous talent, uh, the three year player for us. Obviously, as you know, he left uh, he left a year uh, a year early uh, after his junior year. You know, first came in the program in 2016 and uh, redshirted. Uh, had a had a had a good good freshman campaign. He caught 23 passes for 337 yards and a couple of touchdowns. And you could already tell that he had had that sort of burst speed. I mean, he averaged 14.7 yards per catch that first year. Then sort of had a breakout year the next year. Uh, started all 13 games as a sophomore. Had 72 catches for 889 yards and nine touchdowns. He led Conference USA that year with 6.5 catches per game, which finished, I think, 17th nationally. Uh, so, uh, you know, he was not the he was not the guy that got all the headlines that year. That was Alan Zay Staggers, kind of his last year um, finishing up. Or, or I, I I take that back. Alan Zay last year was in 16, uh, but uh, he was the first first Southern Miss guy to to return a punt in 18. I should say. And the last guy who did that before was Staggers back in September of 16. And then, of course, uh, Quez was an uh, all-conference USA first-teamer his sophomore year as well as last year or this past season where he led the league in, uh, in receiving yards per game at 107.1. And he had 1,178 receiving yards. And, guys, as you know, he missed the first two games of the year had to sit out and uh, still had over a thousand yards. He finished second in receiving, uh, or second on the school career charts for receiving yards at just over 2,400, and then also in catches with 159. So just an outstanding career for Quez Watkins. No question. Great college career, Luke Johnson. Does he have the tools? Does that translate to uh, making it uh, on the big stage? Well, yeah, he had the second fastest uh, combine time for wide receiver at four three five. And Jack, when you look at where he went, uh, it's a pretty good position. I, you know, the Eagles you got Car- you got Wentz, and they draft Jalen Hurts in the second round, and they drafted a receiver in the first round, a receiver in the uh, the fourth round, I think, and then a receiver in, with Quez in the sixth round. They didn't have a receiver last year over five hundred yards. So Quez's speed, I mean, you think about Deshaun Jackson at, you know, at the tail end of his career. That's kind of the type of player that I see Quez Watkins being. What do you think? No, I, I agree 100%. I, I think he's going to be a, a, a fantastic addition to that, you know, that roster, uh, up there in Philadelphia. You know, he, he gets, he gets compared a little bit and, and you could help me with this probably, uh, is that, is that, uh, Todd Pinkston. Uh, a little bit yep. to him, who was a who was a, a second round pick uh, to the Eagles back in 2000. So uh, you know that's pretty pretty good company, and and uh, you know I, I think you know the his ceiling is very high, Quez uh, is, and I think he's got a really great opportunity uh, to make a name for himself with the Eagles, and also make him a little bit of money. Mm. I was kind of surprised, though, that he he had about a, a late third, early fourth round uh, grade. People were talking about how well he did in his ball drills uh, at the combine. Of course, the forty time jumps out at you. 
Um, sure. I think some scouts feel like he may be a little little raw, and, and the, one of the negatives against him was, you know, going up and fighting for the ball. I, I see him, he's going to put on, he'll put on a, a little muscle. But I don't think the, the, the Eagles are going to ask that kind of uh, things out of him. I just think they're, they're going to try to put him in open space and get him to, uh, to get behind the secondary. Yeah, you're right. And, you know, the, the thing that the, the, when, I, when I remember Quez during his Southern Miss days, I think the, the one play that really jumps out to me is, is the one at UTSA uh, last year in, in, at the Alamo Dome where he, he took a ball across the middle and he just basically he just he just outran the defenders, and uh, that that's kind of what I'm I'm hoping to see uh, him in the next level, and uh, so uh, it should be it should be interesting, and I, I will uh, I'll certainly pay more attention to the Eagles as we go along uh, uh, next year and beyond. Well, certainly a good organization for him to go to. I hate them personally, but that's because they're in the NFC. That's what I was going to ask you, Bob. I was going to ask you. It's not as iconic as Washington. Well, well no, they're very. But how do you deal with Wes Watkins going to uh, the NFC East? There, there are few that are, of course, Luke. Uh, but I, I wish him nothing but the best. You know, I think that uh, I think I think it's a good fit for him. We hear a lot of times, Jack, from from former players that a big part of making it in the NFL is to get put in the right position at the right time in other words to be on a team that needs maybe what skill set you bring and luke makes a really good point if if philadelphia had a weakness last year they didn't really have a dynamic receiving core and obviously they're they're looking to fill that so this could be a perfect spot for this kid oh yeah i mean he's uh, it's it's you their their jobs to be won and then you know it's just a, a matter of him Going in there, working his tail off, you know, getting reps and and, and getting that opportunity, and, and then making the most of that opportunity. So, um, you know, and that's it's, you know, it's, what, what do they say? They say you got to you got to got to put that good tape together, and you know, he'll have that opportunity to do that. Right, no question. All right, we're going to keep Jack through the next segment. We've got about twenty five seconds left here before the commercial break. Uh, Drake Dorback. And DeMichael Harris both signed free agent contract. Luke has a little insight into what that means, of course. Uh, Doorback going to the Cleveland Browns and Harris going to the Indianapolis Colts. We're going to talk about those kids and uh, get Jack to update us on what they accomplished at Southern Miss and what we expect for both uh, Doorback and Harris in the NFL. When the Eagle Hour continues, Jack Duggan, Sports Information Director for Southern Miss, on the show today, and we'll be right back. Southern Miss to the top. 
Welcome back to the Monday edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob and Luke from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg want to thank First Bank for their continuing sponsorship of the Eagle Hour. This segment is sponsored by CampusBookmart.net. The store is not open, but the website is. You can go there seven days a week. Browse their great inventory of Southern Miss apparel and swag. Pick out your selection. They'll have it delivered right to your front door. And that is campusbookmartmart.net. So don't forget about those folks and buy yourself a Southern Miss Happy as you're quarantined at home. We're speaking to the quarantined sports information director for Southern Miss, uh, Jack Duggan. And uh, Jack, are you are you tired of the quarantine like the rest of us? <laughs> there is no doubt how tired I am. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, my my wife Hillary and my daughter's Betty and Mary Margaret, I think tired of me as well. <laughs> I can I can fully understand. All right, so we talked about Quest Watkins drafted sixth round by the Philadelphia Eagles, but two kids uh, from Southern Miss uh, signed free agent deals. Let's start with the Michael Harris uh, Jack. He signs a free agent uh, contract with the Indianapolis Colts. What does he bring to the table? Well, I think versatility. I mean, you look at a guy who who did a lot for the Golden Eagles last year, returned kicks and, you know, had a 100-yard kickoff return against Louisiana Tech last year. You know, I think he had – you know, I have to go back and look, Bob, but but he had, you know, touchdowns of 50 or more yards, both rushing and receiving. If I – if I yeah, if you just, just kind of glance, and he had a 56-yard rushing touchdown against UTSA last year and also had a – a 59-yard touchdown reception, and and a 60-yard touchdown run against North Texas. So you know, there's a guy who can do it on the ground, he can do it in the air. Um, you know, do it in a return game. A quick guy. I think somebody who somebody who and can catch the football. I mean, he, he's very very consistent in catching the football, and I think he'll be a he'll be a nice addition uh, for his team. And he goes to a team has got a future now, uh, Hall of Fame quarterback Phillip Rivers, so he can learn a lot, I, w- I would think, and uh, uh, going to be on the receiving end of some pretty good passing. Yeah, there's no doubt. And, uh, you know, he, he just, you know, kind of like Quez, just got to go in there. You know, when, you, when you're an undrafted free agent, I mean, you kind of, unfortunately, you, you're, you're, uh, you're the, the deck's stacked a little bit against you, but if you go in there and you, and you, you make the most of the opportunities that you get and, and you show that you can play, you'll, they'll certainly give you a look. So, and that's all, that's all DeMichael's got to do. And, and I think once he gets up there and gets his opportunity, that he will definitely, he will definitely show those folks that he can play. Drake Dorback, an offensive lineman for the Golden Eagles. He gets the free agent deal with the Cleveland Browns. And, Luke, they have another new coach this year. Am I correct? They have a coach about every year. But uh, he goes on to a pretty talented roster, doesn't he, Luke, in Cleveland? He does. Uh, let me go back to, to D-Mike real quick. I think Harris is one of those guys that the Colts are looking at. They drafted their bell cow in the second round. They got Jonathan Taylor out of Wisconsin, but you look at their backfield, it's not you know, Marlon Max listed as their number one. So, you know, they don't have really uh, uh, what you would say a top ten running back. I think what D-Mike fits with the Colts, and remember who the coach is, is Frank Wright. Uh, comeback kid, you know, from uh, from the Bills lore a long time ago. I think D-Mike fits this Swiss Army knife approach, kind of a hybrid running back, wide receiver, 
that can kind of do it all, you know. And so what they like about him is speed and open space. So I feel like that's what the Colts went after with with D Mike. Not necessarily he's not going to be a first or second round or a first or second down back. He's going to be a guy that can come in and at least uh, bluff defenses, make them have an extra speed on the field to make defenses line up in a different way. Drake, on the other hand, when you look at what the Browns did, the Browns are one of those teams last year, they were supposed to be really good, and they just kind of blew up. Freddie Kitchens and Todd Munkin uh, didn't have the greatest relationship, uh, didn't really let him be an OC there. They drafted uh, Jedrick Wills from Alabama 10th overall, and then they drafted a center in the fifth round. So Drake's got an opportunity. I really feel like he's going to be more of a right tackle. I don't feel like he'll be a left tackle in the NFL. That's the, you know, the left tackle now is your is your insurance uh, plan. I mean, that's your your second highest paid person on the team. Sometimes I feel like he'll move into a to and give the Browns some depth. But yeah, when you look at their skill positions and you look at some of the the uh, ways that they can they should be good on paper. You just kind of feel like the Browns in twenty twenty should should be better. They have to be better than twenty nineteen. That kind of was a big bust. Oh. All right, tell us about his college career, Jack. Uh, just uh, you know, he was he was a uh, starter for us uh, on the offensive line. I mean, he was a Kent Hall uh, winner uh, for the top uh, offensive line of the state. Uh, was Drake and uh, first Southern Miss player to win that, and uh, just uh, just an absolute beast on the offensive line. When you go back to last year, they. Uh, there's that one. There's that one video you see on Twitter that went viral of him blowing a guy off the ball about ten yards, and um, and our guy just kind of taking to the house right behind him. I don't know if you guys remember that mm-hmm. video on Twitter, yeah. but uh, just uh, you know, he he was he was he was a pretty good force up front for us. And he's a real high character kid too. Am I right about that? Yes. Oh, there's no doubt. Just a great guy. He he went to. Um, Conference USA Media Day uh, two years ago. Uh, got a ch- I got a chance to get to really know him then, and uh, just it was fun to be around, and uh, just had a blast out there talking with all the media uh, out in Dallas that, that we get to do every July. Well, I'll tell you what, Jack, you look back, uh, and I, I'm not going to put you on the spot. I don't know if you have it right there in front of you, but you go back the last five years, quite a number of kids from the from the program have gone into the NFL, and, and some of them are doing very well. I mean, they're playing there now. Edo Smith, uh, Richard, some of those guys are doing well in the big league. Well, if you look, Bob, toward the end of last year, I think I think in my game notes I had I had thirteen different gold niggles, uh, and it might have been it might have been uh, more than that during the year. You know, that list kind of fluctuates uh, during the year, but I had. You know, thirteen guys that were either that were either uh, on practice squads on the injured list. You know, you look you look at them. Uh, Cornell Armstrong, he was with the Texans. Chris Clark was with the Texans. Uh, Jamie Collins was with the Patriots. I guess now where I'm not sure where he ended up. Lions. Um, yeah, the Lions. That's right. Uh, Demar Dotson with the Bucks, and you know, Demar Dotson. There's a guy. What a great story he he had. You know, he was a basketball player and then finally came out to play uh, his last year, and he ended up uh, being on the defensive line, and they signed him as an undrafted free agent on the offensive line. And I think if you look at their their roster, he might be their their most tenured veteran. Hmm. So that what what, a, what an outstanding story of, of, of him, DeMar, 
you look at Rashad Hill, who was an off- offensive lineman from Minnesota. And then, of course, the two guys that played for the 49ers last year in the Super Bowl, Tavarius Moore, Nick Mullins. And then, of course, another Colt that we haven't talked about, uh, uh, Picasso Nelson Jr. Um, yeah, he was on the practice squad last year for them. And, of course, Jalen Richard, then Raheem Nunez Rochas down in Tampa Bay. Uh, Ido Smith, who got hurt late in the year last year with Atlanta. And then, of course, Mike Thomas out of the Rams. He, you know, he's kind of battled injuries. Uh, during his career, but he's still hanging on with them. And then, of course, the last guy is Cameron Tom uh, with the New Orleans Saints, and he was a he was on the injured list all last year as well. So, so there are guys up there at the next level. Uh, you know, we've had I guess since 2016, we've had six six different guys get drafted. Right. So, right. You know, it's, and, and, it's, uh, and you know, Jack, I don't think I've watched a a, a game with the Raiders. In the past couple of years, that that uh, Richard didn't play a big role in it. I mean, he's a you know he's a real key member of the offensive attack uh, of the now uh, Las Vegas Raiders. But uh, well, what a, what a year when you had uh, <laughs> when you had a quarterback and two tailbacks that both uh, go on to play in the National Football League and a wideout on that same team, right? Oh well, yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, it just goes to show the talent. Uh, that, that we've had here in Hattiesburg uh, in our program, and, and and if you know you look at the draft over the last you know nine nine years, you you look at those guys and you, you go, hey, these guys have made some contributions uh, right. at the NFL, and uh, you know there's some guys that you know Lamar Holmes didn't play very much uh, with the Falcons. He was a two, he was a third rounder uh, in 2012, uh, who uh, I think he was kind of hurt most of his. Um, most of his career uh, on the offensive line, but, but you know, other than that, you know, you had some guys that have that have have gone on and, and done some pretty good things at the next level. No question. All right, Jack, we have twenty seconds left. Football in the fall, yes or no? I, I hope so. That's that's about as that's about as as uh, committal as I could get. I, I mean, think that's I, where I we all are today. Yeah. Where. There, there was at least uh, colleges uh, opening up uh, campus classes. There were about 14 on the list that I saw, so that's certainly a good sign. So right. we'll just have to wait and see how it all shakes out. There's still a lot of questions to be answered. No question. Well, we always appreciate your uh, input on the show, Jack. Good to hear from you as always, my friend. And uh, look forward to seeing you again in person sometime soon. Same here, guys. Hey, thanks for having me on anytime. All right. Jack Duggan, everybody, thanks, Sports Information Director. University of Southern Mississippi. Kelly Sanders next. To the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. A brand new week on the Eagle Hour. Thank you for joining us today, Luke and Bob, from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel. Greatly appreciate Jack Duggan for stopping in for those first 
Two segments, the third segment of the Eagle Hour, brought to you every day by 4th Street Bar and Grill, located on 4th Street in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, right along Highway 49. Enjoy their great curbside service right now and always have an eight ninety five lunch. Check them out on Facebook, and you can see what they are serving today. 4th Street Bar and Grill, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Kelly John Sand, uh, Sanner, what was I about to call you? I don't know what I was about to call you. Kelly John Sanner joins us now on the phone somewhere out there in the ether. And, uh, Kelly, your take of the NFL draft this past weekend, particularly uh, with the one Southern Miss guy that was drafted and the two free agent signings. Yeah, I want to t- talk about Quez Watkins just a second. If I can, Luke, can I follow up a postscript on 4th Street Bar and Grill? You know, they're a big, big sure. supporter of, of the Eagle Hour. This Saturday, they did a um, a shrimp boil. And, you know, you could get, I don't, was it four or five pounds of shrimp with potatoes and corn and all that kind of stuff, and then you drive up and get your plate? They sold out in two hours. So that just kind of shows you awesome. that kind of shows you how the community is supporting these smaller businesses any way they can, you know, to stay open. And I think they're going to continue to do those sorts of things, you know, on weekends. Obviously, it's all curbside, but, um, you know, crawfish or shrimp or whatever, they're going to boil some stuff up and then just let people come up and buy plates. So it was really cool. And that was neat. Anyway, on Quez, and I wanted to ask you this, Luke. I saw, you know, as, as you guys were talking about with Jack, that he got drafted in the sixth round. But this year's draft was so deep with wide receivers. I can't help but thinking, of course, you don't ever question anybody's motives as to why they do what they do. But but had Quez waited, you know, and played, played his senior year, you know, and gone into a draft next year that maybe isn't so wide receiver deep, could he have, you know, improved his – his stock worth and obviously made some more money. That's all hypothetical, but what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think when he made the decision, what you don't know when you make that decision is how many guys are making the same decision as you. You know what the senior class is going to be. You know, but you don't know. So maybe in hindsight, you know, you wait a, you wait a few more days and see whoever else sure. comes out. I still think, though, that you know, you look at what he did. I mean, he had a faster uh, forty time than everybody, but the twelfth round, uh, the twelfth overall pick. So there's something to be said for that. I really like the fact that he's going to Philly because they love speed, and I feel like Philadelphia wasn't looking for another wide receiver. But when Quez Watkins, the second fastest combine, combine time, is sitting there in the sixth round, I feel like same way the Saints felt like with the linebacker they got in the third. We're getting a kid that probably should have been drafted two rounds or a round or two rounds earlier. So I felt like uh, you know the Eagles may have evaluated him at, at earlier, but it's just one of those things. There's talent. Let's grab it in the six. So I, I think he's going to fit in really, really well. I really don't know what Peterson's cooking up, man, because he went after Hurts in the second round. With Already he's got Wentz. Uh, I think they're just amassing a lot of talent in Philly right now on the offensive side of the ball. And so much of the fun of these pundits and so on is to give all these teams a ranking, you know, or a, a grade like a report card grade as to how they did in the draft. And Philadelphia is coming out as one of the worst teams according to all these guys who have probably never played it down a football. Um, but I mean, they, they're thinking along the same things you are, Luke. What, what were the Eagles doing? You know, obviously there had to be a method to the madness. So, and obviously you hope it pans out. But if Quez Watkins goes in the sixth round, and we all know how good he was, right? That just goes to show every high school, junior college athlete, whatever, on up the chain, how darn good you really have to be. You know? Yeah. Because I mean, like, <laughs> Quez is one of the best ones to ever play at Southern Miss, and he goes in the sixth round. That, that there's anything wrong with that, but I'm just saying that just shows you how doggone good you have to be. 
Uh, no question about it. Uh, tough, yeah. it's tough. The odds of, you know, and we have to point out too. You want them all to do well, but correct me if I'm wrong, guys. But being drafted, particularly in the latter rounds, doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be on the football team when opening day rolls around. That's correct. And a lot of these free agent signees, you know, who've got chips on their shoulders now, everybody thinks they're good enough to be drafted. I mean, if you're not a competitor, you're not even playing college football, right? right? So everybody feels like they're good enough to be drafted. And lots of times these, you know, unrestricted free agents who weren't drafted go in with an attitude of, I'm going to show all the teams in the NFL they made a mistake by not taking me outright. Mm-hmm. And uh, they come and, in with and a And I'll tell agent. you. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I, I, was, I heard you starting, so I, was, I stopped. I, I tell you exactly somebody like that. Omar Bayless, who pro- played at Laurel High School. Right. He's one of those kids. We had three kids from Jones County. One got drafted. The Carrius Keys went to the Chiefs in the seventh. Uh, but Scotty Phillips from Ellisville and then Omar Bayless from Laurel um, went as undrafted free agents. Omar Bayless had 17 touchdowns last year. He was like top three in the country in receiving yards. He's one of the most athletic players that I've ever seen play. Flew under the radar, went to Arkansas State. He goes to Carolina, which absolutely scares the fire out of me as a Saints fan. He's one of those guys that with the work ethic and the natural crazy skills that he has, he's going to make the roster. And so you don't even know what's going on. It, it, it's what you just said, Kelly. It is the individual and how they perceive their work ethic. And a lot of these kids coming from situations where they know how good they are, the rest of the world doesn't. The rest of the world's about to find out how good they are. And the guys, even guys that are drafted in the fourth and fifth round, you know, sit there to themselves. They'd never say it publicly, but they're saying to themselves, dude, I should have been in the second or third round. You know, <laughs> you know they're, they're so competitive. If they're not like the number one pick in the draft, you know, they don't get it. But, again, that that drive is what makes them good. Well, and I and saw that, an interesting stat this weekend, Kelly. It said 60% of the players on NFL rosters are either came in the last three rounds of the draft or through free agency. 60% of the players. So there you go. You know, it kind of, kind of follows up the point we just said. Did you guys like Joe Burrow's bling that he was wearing? Did you notice it? His what? Thursday night. Where? The bling he was wearing, his uh, his necklace that he was wearing. Uh, no, yeah, I'm not hip. I'm not we were sure so blinded by your silver suit from Cambridge. We yeah, didn't see we, it. we figured you were wearing that on draft night. Were you the well, tenfold I've, suit? Well, I've got good news for you guys, because the bling that he was wearing, of course, it was actually donated to him by a good friend of mine, Baton Rouge rapper, bougie badass. Um... <laughs> <laughs> so, who hangs out several with, gigs together hang, yeah hangs out with him at cane break frequently yeah That's it, that, well yeah. you guys know how i'm into gangster rap right <laughs> yeah okay so, so you've got your own replicas coming so we're all going to have the joe burrow <laughs> great chains you know all, all three of us but uh um, right. i think and, and bob we talked about this probably two or three weeks ago before this nfl draft you know we knew it was going to be virtual we're going what what is this all about but believe it or not, you guys, what we said would happen did happen. Mm-hmm. The highest rated NFL draft in TV history. Yeah, yeah. And it was virtual. What were the numbers on it? I didn't see. It, I'm not sure the specific numbers, Luke, but it wasn't even close. No, it was it was the highest rated ever. And I thought I thought the league did a great job in pulling it off. You know, that's not easy. That's not no, an easy isn't. technical setup. What they did and. I just I don't recall really seeing any glitches, and I watched most all of it, which tells you no, what kind it, of life I have. 
for it three days because you, you got to see you got to see these and their and the general managers with their daughters right and their sons right sitting on their lap and you know you got to see old grumpy Belichick at his table all by himself right you know um, so it, it, it humanizes these coaches and general managers and I think that was a really nice touch and I, I it wouldn't surprise me if in the future that they kind of mix and match, that they blend both the virtual world and the real world, mm-hmm. you know, and future drafts. But I agree with you, Bob. It's technologically, there's a lot that can go wrong. And they did have a couple of dry runs, you know, mm-hmm. to, to work out any kinks that they came across. But well done uh, by the NFL. And by the way, those of you that uh, contributed to the NFL Relief Fund, the NFL was matching all COVID-19 uh, relief effort with matching funds. And between the American people's contributions and the National Football League contributions, over $100 million will be donated to the United Way, uh, Breadbasket of America to Feed America's Hungry, and uh, and other charities. That's so, right. Uh, yeah, that was man, wonderful. What, yeah, yeah, what a great thing. You know what the draft proved again? Uh, the highest TV audience ever, $100 million. People looking so forward to it. It proved once again, if you didn't already know, that the King Kong of sports is the National Football League. And there really is. isn't a close second, is there? I mean, when the commissioner's is, making, what, what isn't uh, the commissioner Goodell making, isn't he making like $40 million? Yeah, it's insane. Some, yeah, it's some insane. ridiculous amount of money like yeah, that. Yeah. You know, so, so yeah, just put it this way the, the, the first round, $15.6 million, Okay. Mm-hmm. Second day. Eight point two million. Now, I was listening to uh, a sports talk the other day. Borky was talking about this. the The last dance, which was you know the Jordan documentary on ESPN, the thirty thirty. So everybody in the world's talking about that, right? I mean, you just hear people talking about that. That Correct. had six million viewers. Correct. And yeah. day two of the NFL draft had two more million viewers than the Jordan uh, documentary. Well, That's nuts. The and, and the yeah. first round had double of what day two had. It's right. staggering. And, and a nightly network newscast draws about three to four million. So that kind of that kind of tells you that the King Kong remains the National Football League. More to talk yeah, about I, the draft. Go ahead, Kelly. We've got a few seconds. I was going to say, I, I did want to get, get an update on junior college, but I know we're into a break there. Maybe we can talk about yeah. it on the other side. On the other side. Kelly returns. Eagle Hour continues. Stay with us. Welcome back to the Eagle Hour on a Monday afternoon. Fourth segment brought to you by Toyota of Hattiesburg. If you're looking for a new ride, check out Toyota Hattiesburg located on Highway 98 or online, toyotaofhattiesburg.com. Kelly Sander continues with Luke and Bob from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and downtown Laurel. Um, Kelly, what would you think about Roger Goodell's address over the weekend, especially in that first round? It seemed like he just kind of changed wardrobe right in the middle of uh, the round. I just, I really liked how casual it was, you know, because your average fan is that casual, you know. 
And, uh, of course, the fans still booing him. I get that. Uh, but, boy, you got to see some of these houses. He's like Cliff Kingsbury up in, in Phoenix, that beautiful house he has. Oh, yeah. and man, oh, man, these guys aren't working for free. You know, I'll tell you no, that. No. But it, it, I just liked the whole thing. You know, it, it would be real easy when you are, as Bob said, the King Kong of sports to kind of look down on the common people and say, we own the King Kong of sports. But it, it wasn't. It was very, you know, you saw the little kids in the background, like I said, some of them making funny faces. And and I, it just warms my heart to see, you know, daughters on their dad's lap while dad's working. And I don't know. I, I just liked everything about it. Well, the I'm weirdest sure. thing, though, was the first night with the Tennessee coach and the Titan guy standing behind him. <laughs> I'm not really sure what that was. No, there were a lot of people that uh, that who were medicated at, at that point in the draft that were really having more, really having <laughs> that was Mike Vrabel. Weird. There was no the the mullet to the right was really good. I thought it was really cool the first night. Whenever what's the coach of the Dolphins? Flores, Brian Flores. Yeah, right. He, uh, they just drafted Tua, and he let he gave the phone to his sons and his you know probably five, six, seven years yeah. old. Both of the sons talked to Tua right after the draft pick. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, me, yeah. Like I said, it humanizes these guys. And, know, and I'm going to throw this one out there, uh, Kelly. Uh, sorry, I'm going to interrupt you. We got this terrible delay, uh, and, and not because it's Ron Rivera, but I, I saw this video where when the Redskins drafted Chase Young and Rivera called the house, he asked Chase Young, "Is your father there?" And uh, he said he was. And he said, "Can you put him on the phone?" This is the kind of news that I should deliver to your father. I thought that was so classy that he thought. It would be appropriate to tell a father that his son had just been a first-round NFL draft choice. I thought that was a, a pretty classy touch by Ron Rivera. Man, you, so you talk about pride coming out through his yeah, eye pocket. Yeah, right? that's, uh, that's pretty classy stuff right there. Hey, guys, before we wrap it up today, I just want to give you an update on the MACJC, the Mississippi Association of Community and Junior Colleges. The presidents uh, met last week, uh, and one of the things that was discussed was the future of football in the Mac Jack. Mississippi's the best uh, state. When it comes to you know junior college football, most of the community college campuses are closed. Online is the only way that you can go to class this summer. Even and of course, if campuses are closed, no athletes of any sport can be on campus working out. So if they were to reopen the campuses, even the first week of August, that would be the first time the football players could come back. And they normally start their games the third week in August. It would be really unrealistic to think that uh, since the football players had not been conditioning or lifting weights, it would be really unrealistic to think they could get ready to go after this layoff for three weeks. So even if there is junior college football, I think you can expect at least a late September, if not early October start. They only play nine games, so they could still get it in before Christmas. They might might have to shorten the playoffs by a week, something like that. But they're committed to getting, getting it done, but... Um, it doesn't look like those campuses would even be open until early August, which, again, would mean at least probably a late September start if they could get it going then. And what That's about high school football, Kelly? you see any hope of that at all? No. Uh, not right now. I mean, again, the kids are going to have to go back to school, and I just in, into the schoolhouse. Um, the campuses will have to be open before those kids can work out. So I just and, – and high schools, because you're dealing with minors, you know, children legally – um, they're not going to, I mean, they'll be the last people to make the call as to when to go back to school mm. because mm. you're dealing with people's kids, you know, yeah. and they want to make sure they're, they're really safe. But I expect the junior colleges really to kind of fall in line with the NCAA, whatever they decide to do. What, we've talked about this before, you guys. Once that first domino falls, 
Right. Then it's not. It's easier to tip the second, third, and fourth one. But somebody's got to. Somebody's got to push the first one. So as it stands right now, you do not think we'll see a high school football season. I hate to say it, and I hope I am wrong with all capital letters and underlined three times. But no, I do not think we'll see a high school football season this year. Luke, you concur with that? Kelly's just so negative. I mean, he's just he's a pessimist. <laughs> no, I just, I just don't. I Nothing's just... in the cup, and he's just, he's just so you know dramatic all the time. Well, it's, no, it's, I, it's... I, I don't. I, I will not. I just don't want to push it. I just want to put it in my head. Like, I'm just going to be Captain Dummy and just refuse to think that's a possibility. And then when it happens, as Kelly has said, then I'll just grab it then. I just can't go through summer, you know, because, Kelly, you know how it is with you and me. We're, we're, we're going to call games, and I call Jones, sure. and you call Pearl River, and we call high school. I just don't want that part of my life pushed out right now. I, that's one of the things I have looking forward to when all this is over with. Well, Luke, I can tell you with 100% assurance, the only person that wants it to happen more than you is Lauren. <laughs> so you're gone every Friday night. That's yeah. exactly right. That's Get him exactly out of the right. house. Do something with him. Hey, hey, Kelly, tell all the rappers that we said hello. and uh, Yeah, I'll tell Bougie Badass you guys said hey. Keep it down out there in Cambridge now. You got it. All right, Kelly Santer, everybody. He'll be with us each and every day this week because... He didn't have a job. He didn't have anywhere to go. So we uh, we always invite him <laughs> onto this show. Until then, Southern Miss to the, to the top. top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.